What's going on, sports fans? Got another good one for you today. Today, I'm going to be talking about the Eagles' decision to bench Carson Wentz in favor of Jalen Hurts. But before I get into that, just want to go over a few things I saw this weekend that I found pretty interesting. So let's get into it. First thing, big story from this weekend's bunch of games, Steelers lose to Washington 23-17. I don't think a lot of people saw Washington handing the Steelers their first loss of the season. It was certainly possible, especially if you're going off how well Washington played in their last game and how kind of poorly the Steelers played in their last game. But I, I going into this game, I thought the Steelers were going to get a statement win. A lot of people thought they were going to make a statement win against Baltimore last week, especially with all the players they had out because of COVID, but it didn't happen. So I really thought they were going to bounce back this season. I mean, not this season, this game against Washington, fix all the mistakes they made last week and go in here and handle business. And that didn't happen. They handled business in the first half. I'll give them credit for that. They went into half up 14 to three, but they just weren't able to get it done. It was a great win for Washington. Their defense played very well. And it's part of the reason why the Steelers offense played so bad. And that's what I really want to get into is their offense really let them down in this game. Like I said, they went into halftime up 14 to three and then only were able to get a field goal on the board after half. And I don't know if the Steelers arrogance got in their way or not, because it really seemed like they thought Washington was just going to roll over. They knew Washington was the underdog. I guess when they went up by 11 points going into half, they thought, well, they're done. They're just going to let us run all over them and we're going to win the game. But that didn't happen. Washington got the ball first after half, went down, scored a touchdown, and then made it a ball game. It went back and forth from then, and it really didn't become Washington's game until five minutes left in the game when Pittsburgh couldn't pick up a fourth and one on Washington's 28-yard line. And I don't hate on Pittsburgh for going for this. All the analytics say you should. It's a fourth and one. You're on your opponent's 28-yard line. It's basically like punting to them. They're on the 28, you know. If you, you know, kick it, if you get a touchback in the end zone, they start on the 25. So it's no, it's not a really big difference there. You have a great defense. Like, you should definitely go for this, but you should go with a play you know you're going to pick this one yard up on. But they they didn't have the right play called, and they didn't get it. And this is when the game kind of swung. I kind of thought that it was in the Steelers' favor the whole game until this moment because Washington then got the ball, drove all the way down the field, kicked a field goal, went up 23-17 to with two minutes left in the game, which is a really big deal because then – well, you're thinking, well, Pittsburgh's got two minutes. They can get a field goal in two minutes. They can pro- probably score a touchdown in two minutes. But instead of doing either of those things, the very first play, they turned the ball over. It was a tip ball at the line of scrimmage. Redskins made a great play, but it was really the Steelers' offense just not doing what they were supposed to that lost them this game. And then the defense holds um Washington to a field goal after that. Washington then goes up 23 to 17. There's not a lot of time left in the game. Steelers are unable to get it done. 
So just a really big and great win for Washington. They were trending upwards a lot. Ron Rivera has that team very well coached. I'm really excited to see what they're going to do going forward. With Washington winning and the Giants upsetting the Seahawks, the NFC East had two really big upsets this week. Washington over the unbeaten Steelers and the Giants without Daniel Jones beating a very heavily favored Seahawks team. So two really big wins for the NFC East that keeps that race very close and very interesting to watch down the stretch. And if we're not careful, that NFC wildcard spot, the seventh spot is very wide open. And whoever doesn't get it in the NFC East, the top two teams, if they keep winning like they're winning and you see Arizona struggling you see the Bears struggling. You see the Vikings struggling against the Jaguars team. Like, we could potentially get two NFC East teams in the playoffs, which would be a really big deal, seeing that so many people were giving them hate, including me at the beginning of the season, for being a really awful division. And I think they're still bad. Don't get me wrong. The Eagles and the Cowboys have a lot of stuff to figure out, but it's really showing that the Giants and Washington kind of have their stuff together and it just they just needed time and you could really see these teams make a really big jump going even into next season when they're healthy and they have more assets to play around with. So just something to watch out for. I think it'll be really interesting watching who gets that seventh spot and who ends up winning the NFC East down the line. Moving on from that, the Patriots destroyed the Chargers 45-0. to This was a really big statement win for the Patriots. I previewed it in my last podcast. I thought the game was going to be close, though. I felt that Justin Herbert and that offense were going to be able to challenge Bill Belichick's defense. I didn't think that they were going to have very much success. The Patriots were going to have very much success on offense. I think that Chargers defense, when healthy, is a very lethal and dangerous defense. But it just didn't go that way. The Patriots dominated. Their defense and special teams showed out. The Patriots sacked Herbert three times and in, and intercepted him twice. It just wasn't the rookie's day. And I'm not going to give him too much hate. He's a rookie. But, it, I mean, it was just the Patriots day, and you just had to watch it. Pats also had a 70-yard punt return and a blocked field goal return for a touchdown. Like I said, it was just their day. They had everything going for them on special teams, offense, and defense. Their offense wasn't anything to rave about, but they still looked pretty good, and they were able to put points up on the board, which is the ultimate goal and is the most important. It doesn't matter if you're doing it in a flashy way, boring way, whatever. If you can put points up on the board, that's all I care about. And they were able to do it. So really big for them. And it keeps the Pats very much in the hunt for the playoffs. They now, they're now sitting at 6-6. Six and six. they got a few teams ahead of them for that 7th seed in the AFC. But I think it, the way they're playing, they can certainly get there. It's, it's, it's going to be very competitive going down the line. You have Baltimore, who's kind of been struggling, but they got a good win against the Cowboys yesterday. So it'll just be fun to watch. But I think... Potentially the Patriots playoff run for 20 years now isn't going to come to an end. I think they can really make it, especially I like if you're I mean, they already beat the Ravens once this season. But if you're telling me they have to if they're better teams than the 
couple teams that are ahead of them. I can certainly see that they are. So it'll be definitely something to keep in mind and to keep your eye on going down the stretch. Moving on to the Chargers side of things, they lose another game, and it's it's really kind of demoralizing if you're a Chargers fan because you've been close in so many games this season, but now you're sitting at 3-9, and nine, and your only three wins are against the Bengals, the Jaguars, and the Jets. The three worst teams in the NFL, pretty much other than you. So it, it kind of sucks because you've competed with such good teams and now people are kind of calling for your head coach's job. And I can certainly see why that head coaching job is a very, you know, sought after position, especially a lot of people want it in the Chargers. You have a very talented and promising young rookie quarterback. You have a defense when healthy, like I said, is very dangerous and lethal. And that team can be a dangerous, dangerous team even next season. So a lot of people want that job because it has a very quick turnaround. It's not like some of these other teams where, you know, it's going to take a couple years. The Chargers are pretty much set up for success right now. And so that's why people want Anthony Lynn out because they're not succeeding right now. But in my opinion, I think he should get one more year. The offseason this season with COVID and all was a mess. He didn't have like a lot of stuff in the football world got messed around because of this. So I think you give him another year, give him a normal year and see what he can do. Because I think he's he's a great guy. He's a great coach. And I think he can get this team to winning ways. Although they have an awful record, they've at least been competitive, taking teams like the Chiefs and Saints to overtime this season. And the majority of their games that they've lost have only been by one score. So they've been very competitive. And I think if you give him another year, a normal year, the team gets back healthy, they can turn those close losses into wins and continue to compete with the best teams in the league you're talking about the Chiefs and the Saints Chiefs are like a very heavily favorite team to make it to the Super Bowl again this year and potentially win and then you have the Saints the number one seed over there in the NFC so I think you got to give Anthony Lynn another year just because of how irregular this year has been and I think that if you give him another year, he'll prove to you it's the right decision and, you know, he'll he'll get the team back to winning ways because they were winning a couple years ago and I think he can get them back to that, especially with that quarterback he's got on that team now. Moving on from that, Baker and the Browns get it done in Tennessee and I was so excited to see the Browns get this win because I had talked about it before I said Cleveland was the real deal. No matter who your wins are against, I consider a win is a win in the NFL, and it's a very impressive win because you're competing against the very best in the National Football League. So I went on this whole rant about how I thought the Browns were the real deal. But I did say in that that I thought Baker like Baker, I kind of described him as a game manager. And I said that he, as long as he didn't turn the ball over and he didn't make stupid throws, they had a chance. Well, he kind of took it one step further and just absolutely balled out. 
He was 25 for 33, 334 yards, four touchdowns. Just an amazing game by Baker Mayfield. Now, although most of that, all his touchdowns came in the first half, that makes it probably even more impressive. He didn't get any in the second half, but he really didn't need to. They went in the halftime up 38 to 7. And you say, well, if they went up 38 to 7, the game finished 41 to 35. That's kind of a close game. It was never that close. The Titans were never really in that game. They got a last, within the last 40 seconds of the game, they got a fumble recovery and then ended up scoring off of it, made it a closer game than it actually was. But they were never actually in this game after Baker turned it on. And let me tell you, he turned it on. And it, and in a game that I felt most people thought the Titans were just going to go in here and roll through the Browns, the Browns shut up their doubters. A lot of people, like I said before, were doubting if the Browns were the real deal. And they, because of who they played and how close they had played them, and their losses were only to good teams, and they hadn't, they had only beaten one team with a winning record. All this stuff, but like I said, they are the real deal, and they certainly proved it in this game. And I was a little concerned that they didn't score more than just a field goal in the second half, and that's something definitely they're going to have to work on. Felt that they got a little bit too comfortable, but I think that that's something they can fix later on down the road and that this was just a really big win for them, and I'm very excited to see what they're going to do going forward now because they're now considered a legitimate contender. Now I don't think that they're on the Chiefs level or the Steelers level, but I certainly can see games where they go out and compete with those guys. If Baker Mayfield plays on that level he played on Sunday, then I can certainly see where they can potentially beat those teams. You never know. The NFL playoffs are so crazy. NFL games are so crazy. Anything can happen, and the Browns certainly have the players, the experience, and the talent to be able to get that done, and their head coach is doing a great job turning them around from what was an awful season last season. Moving on to the Titans side of things, Titans loss isn't really that significant to me, and here's why. They're still in first place in their division, which is most important. They still have that home playoff game. They're guaranteed that. They did move down a spot because the Bills won, but that's, that's something they can get back later on in the in the season. Although there's not very many games left, they still have time to get back up to that three seed. I don't think they're going to get any higher than that because I don't see the Steelers dropping very many more games, maybe one at max two, but I can only really see one. And then the Chiefs, they're probably going to win out, maybe drop one more game. So that puts the four loss Titans at most at the three seed. But as long as they're in first in their division, that's the most important. But what I what I took away from this game was I saw some flaws in their game. And I get it. They have one of the best running backs in the league, and they want to lean on them. But they can't when they get down like they did against the Browns. They were down 38-7. to and they couldn't use their guy, Derrick Henry, their staple of their offense, running between the tackles, a bruising back. They couldn't use him. And it was really concerning to see their offense be so limited. They have, they certainly have a quarterback and receivers, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, Ryan Tannehill being the quarterback, to 
have a passing game that's dangerous and even lethal at times like those guys are studs they can really hurt you in the passing game but they need the play action and the ability to run the ball to really you know give them juice give them that fire because that's what they lean on so often and it and to keep the defenses they're going against honest. That's how their passing game is so dangerous most of the time is because they catch people off guard. You hammer them all the way down the field with Derrick Henry, and then you hit them with a A.J. Brown or a Corey Davis deep ball slant, whatever you want to whatever you want to throw, and it keeps and it surprises the defense, and they're able to score score off that. So when you can't use Derrick Henry, it's concerning, and I think they need to change their game a little bit where they'll they'll be able to keep their offense more steady because defenses know once the Titans get down, you can start blitzing. You can you can send heat at Ryan Tannehill because you know they're not going to run the ball because the Titans, they take up so much time running the ball with Derrick Henry that they can't do it when they're down. So I think they need to alter their game a little bit to where it's more evenly balanced. Still give Derrick Henry the ball a lot. I, I don't see a problem with that. But make it where it's not so obvious that when you're down, you're just going to be passing almost every play. Because then you become one-dimensional, and when you're one-dimensional, you're much easier to stop. So moving on into our main topic, the Eagles decided to bench Carson Wentz this week in favor of starting Jalen Hurts versus the Saints. And I really don't hate this move because it can't hurt the Eagles more than anything they've already been doing. Their current record is 3-8-1, and one, and they're starting to slip to the bottom of the league when it comes to win in the win and loss columns, and they're starting to slip to the bottom of their own division, which is one of the worst divisions in the league record-wise. I do think there are some teams in there that are pretty good, the Giants and Washington, but that's for a later episode, a different topic. So I don't really hate the fact that the Eagles are benching Carson Wentz. I actually think it's probably a good thing for Carson Wentz. Just get him out of the offense, get him out of that stress because he's not he's not doing very well. And I don't put all the blame on him. It's in part to the Eagles having an awful offensive line. Their receivers having one of the lowest amounts of separation. Their receivers don't get separation from the DBs. So it makes it really hard for Carson Wentz to throw to guys when they're not open. But I think this is the right move. I don't think that Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz, though. Carson Wentz at one point in the league was playing at an MVP level. He was playing the best football at the quarterback position in the NFL. So I don't think Jalen Hurts, at least in my mind, can ever get to that position. I would love to see it happen to him. I lo- like The guy is a pretty cool guy. I, I don't have anything against him. I just don't think that will happen. But I think his mobility really helps the Eagles out at this point in time. And it's really, what can you do for me now? And we'll reevaluate later. So I really think this is a good move. And he provides a spark to that Eagles team that they desperately need because of that mobility. If you watch the Eagles versus Packers game, when he came in, it was just something about that Eagles team. They were able to generate offense. Now, it wasn't anything crazy, and and part of that spark was a Jalen Rieger punt return for a touchdown that really put the Eagles back in that game, 
But Jalen Hurts was able to do something Carson Wentz couldn't, which was put points up on the board. He threw a touchdown pass, and it it was a pretty good ball. So, And he was able to extend plays with his feet, which Carson Wentz can't. While Carson Wentz can get around, he is no Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a better athlete, not a better quarterback, at least in my mind, at least at this moment. I think Carson Wentz needs to be taken out of the offense. I think this is a good move for both parties. You get Jalen Hurts in there. You get to see what he can do. But you also take Carson Wentz out of a bad situation that I think he desperately needs to be taken out of. He needs to have a break. He needs to be reevaluated in the offseason. I don't think you put Carson Wentz back in the rest of the season. You ride or die by Jalen Hurts, whatever he's going to do for you. Because you still have a shot at the division. I don't think you win it because the other two teams are really rolling. But you don't have that much ground to make up because you have that one loss. I mean, that one tie that keeps you in that middle ground. You can end up winning the the division when you don't have as many or when you have the same amount of wins, but your loss column is different. So they still have a shot. And I think that the Eagles, I don't think they have a crazy amount of more success with Hertz in at quarterback because, you know, he can't fix the O-line problems. He can't make the receivers get more separation, but he can evade D linemen and blitzers better than Wentz. So that's why I think this is a good time to do this. I will say, I think Wentz is done in Philly. They And if they weren't paying him so much money like they are right now, they gave him a huge contract, he would already have been shipped off, benched, whatever. But the Eagles are motivated to fix Carson Wentz because of how much they're paying him. But I think Carson Wentz would do so much better if he just gets traded away. I don't think... Ever since he got hurt and Nick Foles won that Super Bowl with what I felt was his team, I don't think he's been the same. He had a pretty decent season last year. A lot of people thought his injury was the turning point in his career, but he didn't have bad stats last season. This is really this was this season was really the beginning of the downfall of Carson Wentz because of how bad the team around him is. Like, they're paying Alshon Jeffrey, I think, $15 million this year. And if you watch that dude play, he is not a $15 million a year receiver. He He's playing like a bum, honestly. Like, you'd be better off with some undrafted dude out there. But you can't bench a guy you're paying $15 million a year at the receiver position. So I understand why they have them out there. The Eagles are in a precarious situation because of injuries like Deshaun Jackson. And because guys that they've paid aren't performing. And so it's a really tough situation for the Eagles. But I think Carson Wentz should be done in Philly. I think Philly should trade him somewhere. I would love to see Carson Wentz potentially go to the Bears. Swap Carson Wentz for Nick Foles. You know, bring Nick Foles back to Philly where I don't think he should have ever left. I think Philly should have hung on to him. Not that I think he should be over Carson Wentz, but just what he had done in Philly was magical. I think he should have stayed. Bring him back to Philly and send Carson to a team that desperately needs a quarterback. And I think with the right amount of offseason work, Carson Wentz can get back to that MVP level. And it might that might 
entice people like Allen Robinson to stay with the Bears. I think that would be a really good trade. I could also see him going to Indy if Phillip Rivers decides to call it a career or whatever. So that would be really something cool to see. It's just crazy to think that the Eagles that they've gone from Carson Wentz and winning a Super Bowl, how good he was then, to what they are now. But I think they can really bounce back. Um, And they still have a shot to win the division, which is really cool. That's pretty much it for today. Thank you guys for listening. Remember to follow on Spotify or whatever your streaming platform is. And I will see you guys next time on The Blitz.